0: Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Allison Maslin is on our show today. Since the age of 19, she has scaled and built 10 successful businesses So what I think you're going to get so much out of today is we go into how to scale, when to scale, and really important pieces of the puzzle so you can scale without feeling like you're
1: getting burnt out. And it doesn't really matter the size. She shares that the same mentality needs to apply first of all, medium or, or large size companies. And what I really like about it is she just breaks down about teams not your job to manage them that's not why you hire them so she breaks it down who do you need to hire how you need to really train the mindset to build a culture where people take responsibility and lead they own their department isn't it a dream it is for me and i hope it's for you too
2: can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com
3: for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Do You ever feel like your vacation rentals since empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa.
0: Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. We're so excited to have Allison Maslin on our show here today, Wall Street Journal best selling author. And just we're going to get into scaling because that is a big, big topic for the women in our community. Uh, some want to scale a little bit. Some want to scale an entire real estate empire. So, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and and wisdom with with us and our community. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. So excited to jump into Allison's story in a moment. But we just want to welcome you back to our show. Right on, a fifth year and going strong here of our of our podcast. And we love to get connected to all of you. And thank you for for putting your earbuds in and listening to us along our journey as well. So. Andressa, what is happening for you, my friend? What tip or something useful that we can take into our lives as we create financial freedom in a balanced way?
1: It's funny, right? Because i I always uh, think that what's coming up for us is somehow connected with the theme of, of the podcast. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. The universe works in different different ways. That's true. It's right? always like connected. But as as you know, when we look back at our real estate investment journey. And building this community, every time that we level up, we scale. There is an invitation to drama or to like things that will rob your energy and time. That I feel the universe is just like, oh, you're gonna go there. Let me test you. And you get tasked with so many different things, right? But what I would like to, to bring to attention to all of the women that are listening, right? When you are building a business, when you are taking it to the next level, your lifestyle, what you tolerate, what you don't tolerate anymore, you could do a little audit and inventory on your relationships and come to terms with a couple of them that no longer serve you. The, the not in a mean, mean way okay it's just that the dynamic is now no longer serving you and you got to open up space in your teams that they brought you here but will not take you there unfortunately so either they go to a different position or you got to let them go and encourage them to to follow their dreams whatever that might be but you've got to, Embrace those situations in a way that you're actually creating space for the right people to come, come to your life. It you might not look pretty when you're going through all of those transitions when you are skilling and taking your business to the next level. I just want to, you, if you're listening while you are in your, at the gym near your tre- treadmill right now, you might have to stop and start taking some notes because as I'm speaking to you, if you already have a couple of people that you can quickly point it out, that's an opportunity to have a conversation where you can realign or let them go. It's 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 pretty pretty simple for for me. And every time that I look back at those hard times, those were like blastings because that led me to the right people that are aligned to our mission, that are aligned where we want to go. And uh it's just part of the process, ladies. So stick with it. And I'm 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 very glad that we are talking about scaling. And we're gonna get to very specifics during this episode because it's we're all all at some point in our business taking it to the next level. So very glad that we're talking about scaling today. I love that. I love that you use the word invitation don't accept the
0: invitation to drama i like that that's a good way of saying it right without further ado allison thank you so much again for being on our show and uh you you've been at this entrepreneurial uh, ventures with multiple companies uh since you've been 19 so you've been at this a long time so what lesson has taken you the longest to learn on your journey
4: i would say the probably the hardest lesson and I know that so many business owners struggle with. And one of the main reasons that they don't scale is letting go. And it's, it kind of ties in uh, a little bit with what you were just talking about, right? Uh, I remember Louise Hay, she used to say, as you level up, there are people that are going to vibrate right out of your life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but but on the the other side of it, you also have to be the one to let go. You know, when you start your business, you got your hands in everything. And then as you start growing, you still got your hands in everything. You know, some people can be a little bit of a control freak because you're so afraid that things are going to fall apart and you want to have your eyes on it. But what you're doing is you're training your team to not trust themselves, and you're training your team to depend on you for approval of everything. And then as it continues to grow, if you don't make that transition and empower them and to say, this is yours, you own this department, or how would you handle this? You know, What would you do in this situation? Then you get to a point, if you don't make that transition, you're going to be buried in the weeds of your company and a lot of CEOs end up staying there for decades and it becomes uh, their way of life. And you think you're helping the business, but you're actually choking the growth of the company. Mm -hmm.
1: Allison. and I think that the mindset might be playing a lot because we, we go to school to become great employees, right? To become indispensable. And then when you become entrepreneur, and we hear, well, get prepared to fire yourself from all the positions that you currently have. And then people are like, well, that's totally contradictory to what I've learned my entire life. And many investors have a hard time letting go of their position as they, they grow along. What it will be like the first step that they can do in order to fire themselves from the position that they are currently in independently or what level they are in their business
4: yeah i mean the first thing i mean if you're talking about investing first of all you have to look at the finances of it because i always tell ceos pretend that your hourly wage is five thousand dollars an hour And if you are running errands and calling Verizon and, you know, shuffling paper around, doing these kinds of projects, you're actually losing money for the company. You as a CEO need to be future focused and your team needs to be now focused. And so you can take an inventory, you can literally go through every single area of the business. I always divide it into four quadrants, revenue streams, marketing, sales, and operations. And you literally write everything that you're personally doing in each of those quadrants. And then you literally one by one go through those and say, do I need to be part of this? does this actually even need to be happening anymore? Can we let it go all together or can I delegate or empower somebody else to own it? And I remember when I did this years ago, I, it was really full of stuff, you know, and uh, most of those things are not on my plate anymore. And so anyway, it just, it starts with the little things and then you've got to get to the bigger things. Like, certain meetings that you've always been involved with, or you've even led, let somebody else lead that meeting. Right. And so it's, it's a process, but if you don't do that, you're never really going to be the CEO that you are meant to be.
0: Yeah, it's great. But that's very powerful. Future focused versus now focused and and where we're spending our energies. A lot of the women in our community are, you know, building their portfolios, but they're solopreneurs. Right? They're doing it all themselves. That's a that's a big yeah. challenge that a lot of the women face. So they're buying the property, you know, they're they're finding the contractor, then they're they're getting it leased or or getting the systems in place. They're literally at the helm of everything. So this exercise you're speaking of is really you know taking a step back, which is what we always say. You don't want your business to own you. You want to own it, right? And and, and how do you do that in a, in, a, in a way that works? So so you've been at this for a long time. You built many 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 companies at an early age. Uh, when most 19 year olds are doing a lot of other things than, than building companies, curious to understand what would you have implemented earlier on in your businesses that you're doing now? This is a great, a great one, the one you just said, but whatever strategies or kind of just processes that you would have done earlier on had you, you know, really known about them or, or, or even
4: just kind of accepted that strategy early yeah. on? Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family, and my father built uh, from one store to, that was my grandfather's in Kansas City, a women's clothing store to over 50 uh, women's clothing stores. And so I was with him a lot, and, and my sister and I, we used to go store to store with him when we were little. And, you know, we would work in the back of the store and we would be, you know, unpacking boxes. And, you know, I, I would just see his energy. He was so passionate about what he did. And so for me, it was just natural that I was going to be a business owner. I didn't really know anything else. Right. And so my f- first business was uh, I started out writing personalized poems. For birthdays and anniversaries, I did this in college and I was making like $25 a pop. That's so cool. And then, yeah, it was kind of, I had, I had the day that, yeah, I know. I was finding messages. I know. And pastors, one of the poems I did ended up, the guy ended up winning a gold medal in the Olympics. So it was like, wow. my, my My little claim to fame there. And then that evolved to a full service advertising and PR firm. So that was the, I call that really the the real business was the advertising and PR firm, and so uh, I I think for me you know I was I became really good at marketing, but I didn't understand the business side of business, and I think that's when we look at our businesses we need to really look at the two parts. So you're helping women to develop their portfolio. They've got to become very adept in the investment side. You know, what are the things to look at? You know, what makes a promising investment? What is a no-go? All of those things that they need to know, right? And then there is the business side of business. And that's the part that I really didn't know. You know, I mean, I knew hanging out with my dad, but I didn't really understand the actual strategies about of it and scaling and so forth. So the things that I I learned, I crashed and burned. I, you know, I did all of the things, you know, you were talking about earlier. I went through some difficult times and I'm grateful for that. But I think there's two main things that I've learned over the years that we really, you know, in, in my company now, we mentor business owners to grow and scale. And so two things, one is, shift to a more scalable model. And there are about 15 scalable models that the most successful brands use. What that means really is to find a way to replicate and multiply. So for instance, in real estate, it might be that you start to build a team, a team of investors. And so it's not just you. You have several people out there going and looking for great properties, or maybe you're going to teach real estate investing and you have a subscription course on that, or maybe you create a certification around it, uh, or you, uh, you know, there, so there's, there's multiple ways to multiply. That's one side. The other side is the second most important thing is building a team managed company. And that means, that ultimately you want to be thinking like, how can this company run without me? Because let's say you want to sell the company at some point. If it's totally dependent on you and you're not there, then it's not really going to be worth a lot. Of course, the properties will be, and that's the great thing about what you do. Uh, But on the business side of it, you want to ultimately replace yourself what is what we were talking about earlier
1: i think when many times when people hear the word scaling right they think massive and it might it might not be massive and i think the women the, the women in in our community have the choice many of them are financially free and they have the choice to to build the business on, on their own terms What we are talking here is the freedom from from the business and the freedom that you get by scaling. So, so Alison, for for the ladies that are listening here, and let's say they, not just, but they want to keep their portfolio between 5 and 10. What parts of scaling a business will apply to them? Versus somebody that wants to really scale to hundreds, or it doesn't really matter. I still think you need to think that way. It doesn't have to be on
4: a massive scale. So I'm just going to give you an example. My husband and I, uh, we got engaged in a town called Zihuataneo, Mexico, mm-hmm. 18 years ago. And we fell in love with this place. Now, we, our home base is in San Diego, California. And we decided, you know what, uh, during the pandemic, we came out here a lot. It's so beautiful. It's not far from where we live, like three-hour flight. And we thought, what if we buy a property here? What, what if we, we have a second property? Then as we were looking, we thought, you know what, what if we buy more of a hotel? You know, what if we buy something that, you know, is more of like a kind of a bed and breakfast or, or something like that? So we ended up investing and buying this villa that used to be a hotel, and so we're renovating it now. And we will—we've already brought our team here. We're using it for retreats. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm looking overlooking the bay here in Mexico, and uh, you know we're going to be able to be out here. You know we're out here since December, so we're here for three months and we'll, then we will be renting the place out. And so what we have been able to do is now step away from the business, be here while the team is running the company, but we also have this property that is now turning into an investment as well. And so it doesn't mean that I need to, you know, I don't have to have a hundred properties. You know, I could have something like this that's that is contributing to our ultimate freedom, but we can also enjoy it at, at the same time. This gives me an, uh, a chance to get away and think more clearly about the business and our lives and things like that. So I, I think that it, it really is up to you on how big of a scale that you want, but you can still create that freedom at a smaller scale.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I want to circle back to the two words you used You said multiply and replicate, because in a lot of ways, those are very both important words. They're two different energies, though. And I'm just thinking about, you know, Andresa and I and working together. And, you know, multiply to me sounds like, you know, you take a proof of concept and you do it over and over again, obviously. But sometimes people that are multipliers will do that. But the processes and systems may or may not always be there because they're just multiplying because they get that energy from doing doing more. The replicating part is the key piece to that. So it's like uh, you know, multiple McDonald's, right? Multiple franchises. It has a common approach, it has a common system, has a common process. But it's so what I what I think is interesting though, right? And I think what what the conversation is, is that entrepreneurs will tend to fall a little more, you know, in one or the two. You know, are they someone who just wants to create new things or are they really replicating what is? And that can be a little boring sometimes. So yeah. I'm curious to get your insight into those two energies, and, and not just energies, but there's strategies, obviously, and they, they're both necessary to scale effectively. How have you navigated that, where you fall in terms of your own strengths, and then how have you navigated that as you scale? Because I don't know people who are amazing at process and amazing at the visionary part simultaneously, and, and they're equally as strong. It, it's, a, it's hard to navigate sometimes as an entrepreneur. Yeah.
4: I'm curious, yeah, to get and, your insight. You know, and I'm I'm really the I am visionary of the company. I'm the creative one, and I have amazing people around me that are more of the operational. Although I'm a pretty balanced in the left right brain, I'm not the one that's going to fill out the Excel spreadsheet or do those kinds of things. So, and I will just say, I was a single mom for 12 years. I had no financial help. I started with one employee at a time. So uh, you know, you d- don't feel like you have to have all, all of this cash there for you to start scaling your business, but replicate and multiply is critical to scaling. And what that really means is that your product or your service, we have to find a way to take it and so that you can produce it again and again and again But it can't be you delivering it. Because if you're the one that is delivering your product or service, so for instance, if you're the CPA, or you're the attorney, uh, and you are the one that is providing the service, it's not really scalable, because there's only so many hours in the day, and it's just you. Now, you get... Several attorneys and you replicate, we, we replicate your talent with a team. And you think of like legal zoom is a perfect example, right? It's a subscription model, but it's a service business that is a bunch of attorneys that are providing this. You pay a monthly fee and you get that legal service. Or you think of orange theory. That's master franchising. They sell the orange theory to people that own a region. Uh, that's a way they replicate and multiply. So it's really for us in Pinnacle Global Network, my company. In the beginning, I was doing the coaching. You know, I was sharing my experience, but you know, realized pretty quickly on I could only help so many people. But I wanted to make sure that if we were going to extend and have a lot more clients, then I want to make sure that they're going to be working with people that have that level of experience. So our team of mentors have all run multi-million dollar companies. They've had international companies, thousands of employees. They've been in the trenches. So now we have over 30 of those mentors who all have clients and they use our method. It's called the scale it method. So I know they're bringing their brilliance to the table, but they're also using our method. So I know they're not going rogue, right? And that's how we can multiply and help a lot of people. There are many ways to do that. You can do it with software. You can buy other companies. You have to find the way that fits you and what you would be excited about and have fun with and really fits uh, where you want to go with your you business. Know.
1: Building teams is inevitable. Uh, there is a resistance uh, to it. Many women, what we keep hearing over and over again are, are two, two pain points. First, I'm not cut off for, for that. I cannot imagine me managing a team and babysitting people and motivating people. That's That's one thing that we hear. The other thing that we hear, though, is that I'm going to pour into this person, train this person. And then they're going to leave with that information. Although those are valid points, right? It's part of the business. What would you say to them? Yeah,
4: I kind of say what you were talking about earlier is, is the mindset. I think we can lock in that that's our story. You know, there aren't good people out there. I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to teach them all this stuff and then they're going to leave. I think it's really the story you create within your company. And it starts with culture. You know, our team, we have many of our mentors have been with us. Well, my director of mentoring has been with me for eight years. And several of our mentors have been with us at least five years. And we create such a, an amazing connected culture that they become family and they support one another. They work together for the success of the client, they don't operate in a silo. I think ultimately people are looking to find a home these days. An employee is going to spend more time with you than they are with their own family. So if you can present your company as a place that someone would want to live, to be part of, to be respected, to be appreciated. And I think that our team just wouldn't do those things like what we were talking about, because their team is so important to them. You know, they have that trust. And so it is very rare that we lose somebody that, that way. We've never had somebody do that, you know, like take our stuff and go. And, and I really feel like it truly is about the culture. But the other thing that I think is important is this idea of I don't want to manage a team. I don't want to manage a team either. Like I, you know, for us, it's like, you have to get people that can hold themselves accountable. And if they don't, like if they come to the meeting and they don't have their stuff and they haven't done it, then they're not a fit for your team. That's the thing. Just, you know, pick people that are going to hold themselves accountable that are leaders. And, you know, it may take a while for you to kind of figure that out. But, you know, that's really how... I don't manage, you know, and then you're going to get leaders on the company that they will be in charge of those departments. But if they they don't step up, then they could they're going to step out.
3: I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Your work can take you all over the place like texas you've never been but it's going to be great because you're staying at la quinta by wyndham their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead and after you can unwind using their free high-speed wi-fi tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book your stay today at lq.com
0: yeah for for many years i i did management consulting and we talked a lot about building a culture and cultivating a culture And that could be something kind of big out there. You know, it's something that we've all, you all know, uh, you know, that's important. But in terms of like bringing it down to, you know, what that looks like, especially in in a a smaller company, right? And and it's, they don't, people, a lot of the women listening don't have hundreds of employees or anything like that. They're looking to build a really key team so they can, they can grow. What are some of those specific you know, whether it's activities, whether it's, uh, you know, weekly cadence, monthly cadence. What What is that? What is cultivating a really powerful culture look like for you? And what could women pick up to say, you know, I can do that with a small team or that one person, that one VA that I'm working yeah. with right now. Yeah. What does that look like for you?
4: And how can women listening maybe take that into their own culture? Yeah, I used to think it was activities. I used to think it was all the little frill stuff. Like mm-hmm. team building. I yeah. Start. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I think that's good. It's you want to get people together. You want to like have things where, you know, we we do something in the scale up method where every meeting starts off talking about what they're grateful for, hmm. because they've done studies that show that gratitude will raise your happiness at least 25%. So it creates this connection. Uh, but what I realized the biggest thing to drive culture is that it starts with the CEO talking and living in vision and purpose. Mm. Every day, every meeting, reminding everybody, this is why we do what we do. This, these are the people that we're impacting. And it doesn't matter if you sell tires or you sell pet food. You know, Ultimately, at the end of the day, what is the difference that you're making? And so my job, mm. for instance, we do our mentor meeting. We've been doing it for like 11 years. And we have it after this interview. I'm I'm on there. It's two hours once a week, and my role really on the, our director of mentoring. She really runs that whole meeting, and they're they're supporting one another. I'm on there for a few minutes, just reminding everybody our why, our legacy, the difference they're making, showing that appreciation, and really thinking forward, getting people excited about where we're going, and that. People bond around that, that why. I think we just have a natural need as human beings to attach to something that's bigger than us. And if you can live in that vision and purpose, you will start to attract the people that also have that same vision and purpose because it takes a village. And then, then you can move forward together and rather than being disjoint.
0: I, I, I love that because you're right. Most, even just as a consultant, I thought culture meant, you know, tons of team building activities. But what you're saying is so powerful that it's so doable for, for everyone listening. Meaning, yeah, are you with one person? For yeah. one person. You're meeting yeah. that contractor later in the day after this podcast interview. Are you reminding that is your role? I love that because it's, it's yeah. easy to do. It's something you can do. And it creates yeah. this culture of of, of
4: buy in in a deeper level, and for yourself too. Because for us, saying it, you're reminding yourself. For us, <laughs> why we're doing it, you know. And we, uh, I wake up every day. I have we have our big picture visions. We help our clients create these, and I read mine. I visualize it. So, you know, you can get thrown off by the challenges of your day and so forth. But if you can keep reminding yourself. Hmm why you're doing this in the first place there you're going to be much more empowered to help others do the same
1: i completely agree because in, in real estate right there's there's a lot going on with the market sellers buyers and all 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 in between they were like i just want to run and sell coconut in mexico or or something <laughs> right and just enjoy the sun but if we keep reminding ourselves why we do that, when we see the women in, uh, inside the real estate investor community take action, purchase their property or, of uh, their first property or their 15th property. So we, it doesn't really matter, but they are taking the step, moving the needle forward and taking the step towards living the life on their own terms. And they were, we re- when we see that, it reminds us. Why we do what we do. But I yeah. think that having that at all times with everybody that we sh- we talk to, you also a good reminder, uh, for ourselves. So I appreciate that. One thing that on the other side of the spectrum, right? Challenging conversations or, or many women uh, in our community mm-hmm. don't like conflicts and look at challenging or important conversations as I don't want to have it. Let's yeah. just put it aside. Mm-hmm. What is the cost of not having an important slash challenging conversation with a team member, with a contractor, with whomever it is? What, what What is at stake when that happens over and over again?
4: Well, it doesn't go away. The issue just builds and gets worse, you know? It's like mm-hmm. if you have water running through a hose... <laughs> and you tie a knot in that hose, it's not going to stop the water running. The whole thing is just going to blow up. And so, you know, I am a middle child. I am the Jan Brady, you know. I, 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 I'm like, why can't we all just get along? I was always that people pleaser and realized that uh, this was not serving me in business. First of all, there's no way you're going to make everybody happy and give everybody what they want. It's absolutely impossible and it's very unhealthy. It creates a very codependent personality. And so it's something that I had to learn. I didn't like conflict either. I still don't like it. But I also know that if you don't go to the elephant in the room and really just embrace the conflict, not create conflict, but embrace it and see that this actually by Dealing with this head on is going to open up to something much more beautiful, you know, and it's always way worse in our head than the reality of it. Because once you have the conversation and you do it in a mature way and everybody's taking responsibility, uh, then, you know, it's usually you realize, why did I stress out over that? Right. So get it, just do it and deal with it. And I would say for women, and I think this is important to know, we want to, we are caretakers. We're used to taking care of everybody. But if you don't set those boundaries, then people will, they won't think you have any boundaries. And so it's really okay to say no. And it's really okay if someone's not happy with your choice. They're not going to die from it. So
1: set the boundary said, you were speaking by love language. <laughs> Having accountability, setting up boundaries. That's perfect. For the ladies out there, they're saying, how can I even start that conversation? Is there a framework that I can really practice because I struggle to even start? I think that that's where the resistance com- comes along and they feel that they... The goal there is to prove a point and not getting to a yeah. solution, right? But how would you recommend them to start conversation that they don't want to have? Right, but you have to kind of ask the question.
4: You want to build this real estate empire, right? You want to get to this level, then you have to be willing to have those higher level conversations. You just have to realize that Steve Jobs said a quote, and and it wasn't, I don't know exactly the words, but he said something like, you know, if you want it to to please everybody, go sell ice cream. Don't run a business. (laughs) And so I think, and and the other thing, too, is, you know, speak from your heart. I would just say to, you know, that helps me if I'm going to have a conversation. I speak from the heart. Say, hey, you're really important to me. I love having you on the team. There are a few things that I'm struggling with right now. Can we just talk through them so that we can work through them and move on? That would be something to start with. And then, you know, get into the meat of it without blaming. How can we work through this together? What do you recommend? Because I'm struggling with this. My guess is you are too. Right. I love that. I, I think what you're reminding me of is
0: something I read. I don't remember what Rich Dad uh, book I read this, uh, or what Robert Kiyosaki book I read this of, but the, the, he always talked about be, do, and have. So in order to have what you want, in order to do the things so you have what you want, you have to shift and raise your level of be. So you have to be more of who you are or try a new quality, like to your point, point, you have to raise the, the level of being with what you want to have. I didn't get that at first. I was like, "What is he even talking about?" But you know, now you know, starting different, you know, multiple businesses and and having to face myself, right, and all of that, right? The good, yeah, the, the ugly. I get it finally, and I think that's the work, and I think that's the work that we encourage the women in our community to do. You can go Google how to flip a house. You can go Google how to, you know, buy a vacation rental. Can you Google how to? How to shift Liz's way of being so she can run that empire? Oh, I don't know if you can Google that. You know that that's yeah. that's work to be done, and it's yeah. good work. It's good work.
4: It's it's yeah. it's inspiring work, but it's work because it's, you have to embody it. Yeah, you have to embody it and yeah. become it, and it feels good. And I and once you get to that level, I think you demand a certain level of respect. And I don't mean from being bitchy or anything like that. It's just you know people see that you're serious and that this is really important to you and you know you're doing it because you're super passionate about it and and again it's setting that tone and that culture and that vision and then you know you repel the people that are not a fit that is really okay i've had some people leave you know my world over the years that it just didn't align and i wish them well you know
0: i love that Yeah. yeah and we we continually have those conversations right on chessa about, you know, growing a community, you know, you know, we're very mission focused and passionate about that mission. And not everyone's going to align right with that mission or even that way we approach the mission of, of serving women in the way that we think and, and know that we want to do it. So love this. Allison. where can the ladies listening learn more about you, uh, follow you along your amazing journal? Love, love the project you're doing in Mexico too. So how can they connect with yeah. you further? Yeah.
4: Thank you so much. Well, my website is Pinnacle. Global Network.com, Pinnacle Global Network.com. And if they want to speak to someone on the team, they can contact us there or they can go to myscalesession.com.
1: Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Allison, is, What's the most transformational book you ever read?
4: I would say one of my favorite, favorite books is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It is fantastic and it really helps you see the kind of stories that you tell yourself that keep you small and it helps you to step more into your genius. Super powerful. We give that book to everyone in our community.
1: Awesome. Second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? Well, I mentioned it
4: earlier. We update our big picture vision for our business every single year. And for us, it's this big you know, document. It's colorful. We get it designed with, uh, so that It becomes like this state of the union of your life and your business. And I read that every single morning and I have music. I even have a kind of a photo uh, slideshow. I turn on music and I'm not really a meditator because I have a hard time sitting still. So I'm more visualizing this and reading it out loud. It's how I start every single day. And sometimes if I feel off, I'll even do that in the middle of the day just to get me back. Like if something threw me Mm. off, to get me realigned with what it is that we're creating. You know, if you get stressed or if something has been scary for you or that you're worried about, you want to be able to go, okay, that's here. I'm going to put this over to the side and I'm going to focus on where I'm
1: going. Love the realignment. Last question. Which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most?
4: Let's see. Gosh, there's so many incredible women that have inspired me. I think Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, I really think what she stood for, especially at a time uh, when women did not have nearly the rights that we have. You know, in fact, if you think about it, it wasn't that long ago that women had to get permission from men to get a loan for their business. You know, when I bought my house for myself, I had to sign a document that said an unmarried woman, you know, when I was single and had bought a house. And so she was a trailblazer and she was a woman that uh, spoke so much about the people that she cared about, the democracy. And uh, I think that, you know, for those that are listening, go read about Eleanor Roosevelt. She really will in- inspire her, the legacy that she left.
0: Love that. Love that. Allison, thank you so much for being on our show and sharing your wisdom and really appreciate your time. And uh, and everyone listening, do something with what you learned today. Right, Andressa? We say that all the time.
1: One thing, one action will the needle forward. Thanks so much, Allison. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews,
0: Ciao